0: Welcome to episode 58 of the Draft Lab podcast, brought to you by MTGAZone.com. I'm your host, Josh Phillips, a.k.a. J2S Josh, and I'm joined by the co-host with the most all-time 17 lands trophy leader and noted juvenile delinquent, Chris Palmiotti, a.k.a. Florida Mun. Today, we're going to be walking you through a draft at Dominaria United. How's it going this week, Chris? Going well, going well. Squeezing
1: in this podcast recording before another uh, trip of mine comes up. So a little busy, but trying to get everything done. Well, to quote one of your emotes,
0: must be nice
1: you know what it is it is i'm going to be gallivanting and frolicking through the mountains and fields of aspen with some good friends so can't complain except i will complain about one thing i'm going to be missing the uh, limited qualifier
0: yeah you also did not invite me Hmm. i see how it is
1: well yeah yeah awkward i was hoping we could talk about this
0: (laughs) off the recording i'll just go to disney world Ha ha, winner. Oh yeah, that's fine. I'm going to go there, I'm going to give me some mimosas, and it's going to go down. All right, that sounds like a good plan. Yes, it's still food and wine, so, you know, can't go wrong with that. That's true. One thing we can't agree on. So that brings us to our weekly update. We're finally settling in Dominaria United, and it continues to impress as a draft format, with a huge variety of playable decks ranging from five-color good stuff down to hard and fast Boros aggro unfortunately sealed has not been looking that hot as it seems to be just jam all the good cards and fixes it in and hope it works out that's a severe drop off from the highly skill testing draft format
1: yeah i did the play in and i did it three times i got like four wins four wins and i made it six one and the deck i made it six one with was literally like five color legendary creatures i somehow opened joda and like seven other legendaries and i'm just like okay we'll play all the colors everywhere and
0: it kind of dominated so, yeah, expect that, I think. That brings us to our bounty section. Quick updates on that, that we had multiple people turn in the mill one. The first one wished to be remain anonymous, but they took the prize. The second one was MIK-775. The Karn one was also claimed, so all previously posted bounties are collected. We even had one claimed I hadn't posted yet, as DGAF managed to pull off the double bad rare combo shenanigans of Aster Bearer Blades, making the weatherlight complicated crewable for a mere one. That's the first time I've heard that happening. Well I wanted to see it happen. I was like, that's not one of our bounties, but you know what? You get a prize. <laughs> that brings us to this week's bounty. Killing your opponent with poison counters and Dom You Draft.
1: What even gives poison counters? Wait a second.
0: It's possible. I remember reading this
1: during the grading, the tier list, but I totally forgot what card it was. A Johnny. You have to ultimate it and
0: then do stuff. I like how you have to ultimate and then still do many things. Well, that's the best part. It's going to happen. Please don't send in ones that happened two weeks ago, though. If you do it, please do it after this yeah it's you get an emblem with whenever you cast a creature or planeswalker spell target opponent gets two poison counters so you're only five creatures and or planeswalkers away from victory and a sweet prize i know that's like obviously not a limited ultimate but even in constructed why And its cast not enters play too so you can't even just do a mass spell or like captain's call get sick my god not good you're gonna actively have to delay the game to get that to work i feel like well if you're in a giant board stall you can pull it off are uh, you ready to do a pack one, pick one? Yeah. Why settle for a mere pack one, pick one, when we can walk you through an entire draft? Pack three, pick 15. That's what I'm looking for. Me too, man. Me too. The pick 14 because they take out the basics? Yeah, probably. Oh, man. I,
1: you know how many thousands of hours i have on arena i still don't know how it works <laughs> but trust us we're professionals listen to us yeah we totally know what we're talking about okay what are we doing a draft clearly you're gonna elevate my deck and i want to get those free gems what's been your favorite card to play in draft so far dmu draft just like anything that always puts a smile on your face when you get to play it either because it's good by itself or because it's just like a wonky card defiler vigor that's the green right yeah it's just fun it is just fun it's like if you ever play that and then just be able to hold up a shore up and like a simic big boy deck your opponent's not gonna have a good time i'm like rita repulsa there make my monster grow i don't know if i know who that is
0: power rangers
1: um i was never a power rangers fan
0: is that the end of this podcast it is i cannot be with a non power rangers fan you probably don't even know who the green ranger is frankly i don't care why are they all hiding behind their masks cowards before
1: I click ready, I'll do mine.
0: I think the secret's out on this card, but I've really enjoyed
1: Micromancer. You think, oh, it only goes in like blue-red, but then you're like, oh, wait, it could get a repossession in black, which is pretty sweet. And then you can get rune shot in white. And then you're like, oh, wow, you can just jam this card into any color. And it has really good targets. It's been a fun card.
0: Are you ready to talk through a draft here? Best of one? Yeah, I'm so excited to draft. First draft of the morning for me. Yeah, me too. Me too.
1: Y- Yargoth here.
0: Yargol. that's his name? What's his name?
1: Yargol. Yargol. Yargoth is his lesser known brother. Pack one, pick one. Not the most exciting rare with threats undetected, and then some filler commons. The best uncommons, the best of which being bared, and then commons of interest. I would say maybe Griffin Protector, Talarian
0: Geyser, Extinguished Light, and a Sunlit Marsh. I don't think Geyser's a filler common. I think that's very good. I think it's probably the clear pick. I meant to say Griffin was a filler common. Sorry.
1: Geyser is good. Extinguishes good. I think those are the two commons above everything else. And I think it's easier to get into blue decks than black decks.
0: Well, as with anything in this format, having a single pip in the casting cost really matters.
1: Yeah, I think I'm good with Geyser. It also helps power out very strong archetypes. Like you pick up a Raff, it's really good with that. It's really good with any tempo stuff. It helps your terrors
0: quite a bit. Pack two, we have a Blight Pile, a Monstrous War Leech, the rare is gone, we also have an Marius Outrider, a Thrill. We have a Blue Black Land and a Blue White Land. Is it bad? I just want to take Outrider. I was either on Outrider or the Blue White Land, so <laughs> no, I don't think it's that bad. Hey, I love Domain decks. They're a good time. I think getting Outrider is one of the better payoffs, so. Yeah, let's do it.
1: Also not a bad top-hand card if you end up being Red, Blue, or like a just guy aggro pile, which Geyser can slide into. Pack one, pick three. These packs are a little underwhelming in general. We have Soul Dreads Restoration, which is where he's dead thing. Uh, Mossbeard Ancient, which is a really good seven drop. Tori diavant, Fury Rider, which is the Boros kind of four drop uncommon. And then in a common slot, almost nothing of interest. Shadow Prophecy,
0: Deathbloom Gardener, literally the most filler guards I've ever seen. But another Shieldwall Sentinel. Can you imagine if somebody had a draft where they could get a bunch of those? That would be nice. Ancient. I'm okay
1: speccing on the Ancient. It's the strongest guard by quite a bit and we could easily do like a team or
0: domain ramp kind of thing if it ends up being somewhat open pick four we have another monstrous war leech a phyrexian espionage a sojourner and cards like colossal growth is relevant if you're going the really aggro green red deck yeah but i think it's just sojourner with what we're doing so far
1: yeah it's either that or espionage in my head and i think espionage is a effect you can kind of replace a little bit whereas just like if you get the nuts domain deck sojourners are just so strong Okay, here, pack one pick five, still a common of every color missing, so no clear color signals, cards of interest, take up the shield, destroy evil in white, there's an eerie soul tender in black couple fill of red creatures and then there's a sunbathing root waller which i think is the pick here considering we don't really want to pick up a black or white card that isn't really above a certain bar at this point since we don't have any yet and root wall is a really solid two drop i'm on wally for sure even if you only end up in like two or three color deck it's still just good it's a two drop that turns into a threat
0: in the late game what's not to like so here we have a yodia declares war an erg spawn of turd another showed wall sentinel but what really matters is we have a tangled islet, and a sunlit marsh here. And I think I'm on islet.
1: Yeah, Urg I think is like somewhat of a signal. We could be like some black green base domain deck, but I think picking the first land, especially considering it's best of one, we're not worried about picking up cyborg cards, picking up the land. It makes us feel warm and fuzzy, I think at this point. Pack one pick seven, I think we have a pretty clear pick. There's another Sojourner, but I think the green creature we should take out of this is a Magna Goth Sentry, the four mana, four, four reach. Just fits in the curves really well. It's really relevant body and actually ability in this format, I find. And it's not really competing with much else.
0: It was like another restoration, a jibbering barricade, a tie turner. Yep. All right. And then pick eight. We've had another Yodia. We have an LSL core here, which is really late for that, but nowhere close to what we're doing. A timely interference, a thrill and another tangled islet, and i think i'm on the land
1: yep these strays are not gonna untangle themselves
0: all right pack one pick nine
1: we see the griffin protector wield which was kind of like the only good white card in the pack so that's a little interesting and a shield wall Sentinel. apparently no one opened chaplain but there's also a gaia's might here which i think is kind of in line with what our deck is doing creatures probably just want to
0: be attacking big things etc pick 10 we have combat research and paid momentum toxic abomination thrill and vanquishes axe i think it's Thrill. Yeah. I would agree. And
1: Pay Momentum only goes into like really, really aggressive decks where they're going to be dead before the creature untaps and we're looking more like mid-range beatdown. Pack 1, pick 11, Charismatic Vanguard, Enthrall to the Pit, Hex, Bane Tortoise, and a Vanquisher's Axe. I'll just cut the green. I don't know. It's it's a filler creature in 3 drop slot if you really need it. If you're on the play, I actually find it pretty good if you have a bunch of combat tricks. The Ward 2 makes them have to block it as opposed to
0: interact with it with spells. So it has a place. Pick 12, Salvage Mana Worker versus the tw- Throw the Pit versus Hammerhand. Just take the Mana Worker.
1: I don't think we're ever going to be aggressive enough for a Line of Wall Stalker, so I'll take this Artillery Blast because it can kill a lot of things if we end up being more defensive Domain deck. And pick 14
0: Broken Wings.
1: Okay, so we're like kind of base green wanting to be Domain... So we're kind of looking for anything that's in green, that's really good. Oh. Something like a Nishibo Brawler or a Czar Ojenanen, or maybe
0: uh, what we opened, pack two pick one, Defiler of Vigor. And those other cards are also in this pack. This is a real interesting pick. I'm really curious what you would take between Defiler and Brawler here.
1: I think I have to go Defiler. Brawler has some pretty insane starts, but we're not necessarily all in on domain yet we could just end up being like green, blue or green, red, like Stompy. And we're definitely being green and we have a lot of green creatures, which kind of hedges me into Defiler over Brawler. But I do think it's closer than people would consider. And that's
0: just my opinion. Would you agree with that or? Oh, well, I'm curious on the stats personally.
1: Oh, uh, I see. We have a pretty easy pack two pick two. There's good cards, Frost, Fist, Strider, Protect and Negotiations, Extinguish the Light, a Tail Swipe, another Phyrexian Espionage. Considering we're like green and big creatures, Tail Swipe seems to be exactly yeah. what what we're looking for also opens us up to we don't even have a second color yet right we have outside of green we only have a geyser and outrider and a thrill possibility so we're like very open and we're not like too deep on the domain side of things to where we can't just build like a two-color deck with a plan
0: pack two pick three we have another ancient we have another century we have a which goes really good if you're into the full-on domain I think you just take the Sentry. I really like them in this type of deck.
1: Yeah. Some people might see the Mossbeard Ancient and be like, well, that's another great seven drop. Why not? And I think one of the big reasons is we already have one. We have a Defiler. Our top end's pretty short up already. Sentry is really good with Tail Swipe on Curve. It lets you, like, kill something on turn five and add to the board. And also, it's a single green pip. So if you have Defiler out, you can maybe even double spell with it on turn six or something. So I think it just works really well. Oh, ma gersh this is interesting
0: pack two pick four i'm gonna take herd migration there's other good cards this pack there's another sojourner there's an outrider there's an ancient there's a land there's a rager whatever just take herd migration
1: yeah it's still early enough where we could just kind of jam in a bunch of tap lands just to make this work and honestly discarding this to make sure you hit your land drop and getting through life is very viable in this deck if we end up just a three color deck because we do have
0: expensive cards and we're a little light on things to do on two anyway so so you're gonna take geyser pick five but i want to go back to the brawler versus defiler discussion so stats wise the brawler has a slightly higher win rate and the defiler has a higher iwd
1: Mm. Okay. IWD again is what? I'm sorry. Win rate improvement when drawn. I see. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I mean, that kind of makes sense, right? I'm not surprised that there's definitely a coin flip between those. I think a lot of it comes down is what's the matchup you're in, or like, what is your deck trying to do? I think they're both equally strong. It just more does one fit your deck better than the other? And I think we were mono green enough to where Defiler was always going to be really good, where Brawler could maybe fizzle a little bit. Back to pick six. We're just going to take Yavamaya Iconoclast. We're a little light on two
0: drops to a really good two drop we do have incentive to play red with an outrider and herd migration so pack two, pick seven i think it's going to be an espionage here over everything else this pack it is not really anything very spectacular in there for us. If you were playing the hardcore green red domain deck where you have the low to the ground one, I think you take Brawler for sure over to Filer.
1: Yeah, we're like not quite true domain. It looks like we're going to be a teamer in some form or the other, but I don't know if we'll get all five colors in
0: here. We really want to get lanes.
1: Yeah, we really do. We just haven't seen them come around, uh, but we just got one. Yeah. So I just picked up a guy's might out of a very lame pack. I think we've seen about 20 in Thrall to the pits. So the one person may be playing Rakdos might be happy. But there's a Haunted Mire, the black green dual land here. We don't have anything to spend black on, but I'm totally happy playing a tapped forest
0: that gives us more domain counts. Back to pick 10. There's a protect negotiators, an impulse, a timely interference. So there's a lot of decent to there. I think you take Impulse.
1: I like Impulse here. We don't need the Timely Interference kick at the moment. Pack 2 pick 11. There is a Geothermal Bog, the red-black dual land, which I'm going to take over Timely
0: Interference just because we're heavily incentivized to make our domain pretty high. Pack 2 pick 12. Sojourner coming back around. So yeah, pretty nice.
1: Yeah, so now we're like almost out of playable deck. So we should really start prioritizing lands quite highly over other things. Pack two, pick 14, I think is a gift. It's a pixie illusionist, which is actually exactly what this deck kind of wants. Pack three, pick one, only a few cards of interest. There's Yavimaya Iconoclast. The second one, there's a Tsar Ojinen. and that's the three green, white, four, four domain that puts counters on things. There's a Sunlit Marsh and a Contaminated Aquifer. I think you just take the Iconoclast. It's really strong for a two drop. Also insane with Defiler. It just becomes a one mana card that is a three, two trample that puts counters on every other creature you have. It's definitely a good card to still play in the late game.
0: Pack three, pick two, nothing too spectacular, but there's lands. So
1: we're going to take one of the lands.
0: Yeah. The red, green one.
1: Exactly. There's a blue, red one as well. But just considering we're
0: base green, it's nice to have green attached to all of our tap lands so we can actually cast our early spells. We really want to get a dual land with white in it to both have the option to kick Geyser and complete a domain. Yeah. Unfortunately, Caves of Carlos does not do that. No. Stupid rare land. So pack
1: three, pick three. We have two cards that are of interest. We have Bind Cheaper Prodigy and a Nail at Vizoa Aeronauts i think i like the option of having an extra two drop in this deck so i'm kind of leaning towards prodigy maybe we wheel the nail it looks like green is really
0: open i think you're much more likely to wheel a gold card than the prodigy yeah also it's nice having like an emergency two drop if you need it pack three pick four we get another green blue lane so we're just gonna take that yeah no
1: cards of interest in our colors really there's another pixie illusionist which i would play if it wheels again super late pack three pick five a lot of solid black cold conscript or by repossession there is a contaminated aquifer which i think we could just jam into our deck, but do you think we should try to splash
0: the repossession? We have one slot left. Yeah, I think repossession is a strong enough card. Yeah, it gives us a little bit of recursion here, which we don't mind having. Some really strong cards here for pack three pick six. There's an Electrostatic Infantry, a Talarian Terror. It's kind of odd to see those still both chilling there here. Shadow Prophecy is actually kind of relevant for our deck, we could consider it, but I think we're just going to take the Flare for a Divine Wall.
1: Yeah, it's not really a good attacker, but just guaranteeing hitting your land drops is really good. And when you have something like Deviler or Vigor, even if you top deck it, at least it's a spell that puts counters on things right pack three pick seven interesting there's a shore up and then there's a cut down and another shadow prophecy i don't mind taking the first shore up we have some pretty strong creatures and the top end we could protect i don't know if we'll actually make the
0: cut though wow pack three pick eight there's another geyser just showing so i guess we take that yep big money no whammies on wheel on one of the duels specifically the white black one yeah that'd be great give it a knock. You can be there one time, one time, baby.
1: <laughs> we basically have our deck. We might have to make a couple cuts. So now we're just looking to wheel glands or any upgrade cards. But I think we're pretty happy with where we're at. No. Did not wheel. So we're definitely fighting someone in domain here, but that's fine. Should I take 20 gems in a rare or do you think a bog badger should actually make the deck? I could see a bog badger being fine. I don't know if we need it. It's going to be one of those things where we look at it
0: when we're building and figure it out. Pack three, pick 10. Nothing we're going to possibly play. So we're just going to hate the blue red legend guy. Balmore, get in there. Yeah, the burb. There's a timely interference
1: here. Pack three, pick 11. I don't think it really outclasses anything we have in our deck array. There is a pack three pick 12 pixie that did wheel. I'm going to put that in the potentially playable pile. Same with the shadow prophecy here. And then last card is just a stalker. So we have six lands, 33 cards, which means we have to make about four cuts. I think thrill can go. So the cards that are kind of not auto includes right now, shadow prophecy, thrill of possibility, badger. Maybe that's it. I think we could cut those three right off the bat badger is a very replaceable three drop which we're a little light on three drop creatures but we do have three geysers so it's like we should have something to do on turn three we could also kick a counter class if our mana works out well so are you okay cutting these three cards off the bat yes for a card advantage we have phyrexian espionage three geysers and a prodigy so i don't think we need another card draw effects
0: i think it's just impulse
1: i could see that we don't really have any synergies with impulse it's not like we're holding up a bunch of instants a lot of the times we already do a good job of turning through our deck and there's not like one card we need to find badly to make this deck work right which is another good upside for impulse if you need to find like your payoff it gets you through a lot of cards but we just don't really need to do that everything's kind of has the same game plan and is mostly interchangeable okay so we'll talk about land in a second but the actual cards of our deck are the following in the one drop slot we got two pixie illusionists in Urberg, repossession two guys might a tail swipe two drops are a vine wall sunbathing root wall vine chain prodigy and then double iconoclast three drop is Fressian espionage three Talarian geysers followed by two sentries in the four drop slot an outrider and defiler of vigor in the five drop slot and everything above that is herd migration mossbeard ancient
0: and then two sojourners you smell that man that smells like a trophy i
1: hope so honestly i think the cards that are gonna really make everything work are the two illusionists just being able to turn on domain how you needed to or just fix our lands right off the gate is going to be really strong. Yeah. So now is the time to figure out how do we build the mana base?
0: Not the way that Arena did. <laughs> That's almost always the answer. Not the suggested way. We have one Erberg repossession. We have two dual lands that produce black. And then Arena thinks we need two more swamps.
1: Yeah. Let's take the basic swamps out of there. For sure. We also have an espionage we can kick. But like you said, two dual lands plus two illusionists. Means we have four sources and you can play espionage without kicking it. So we basically only have one black card that we need to find a swamp for. So four sources for that, no problem. Let's look at red now. Red, we have two iconoclast kickers and an outrider. And I think that's it. So again, two cards we could play without the kicker and then one actual red card. So I think our two red dual lands is more than enough. So we don't need the
0: mountain. Would you agree? I agree. One of the arguments though is that we do have have three tangled islets which gives us a lot more flexibility in adding other lands because while green and blue are our main colors that gives us a lot of sources in there because you already have in here without even adding only have 14 lands in right now we mm-hmm. are gonna obviously add the last three but you have nine green sources already yep. and seven blue sources that's fair that's a good point point. and we also have a herd migration which if you need it it can get a basic land card true i'm not saying that you definitely should add in the other colors
1: yeah we have a lot of flexibility thanks to those three islets we're gonna play all six tap lands that's kind of about the border you want to be if you don't have like a bunch of good control spells. Tap lands do have a cost. I feel like a lot of people just assume they could throw their tap lands in, but I've lost more games than you would think just because I was on the draw and had one too many tap lands in hand and I just like couldn't get my cards out. But I think six is a healthy number
0: for this type of deck. Because if you add one mountain, one swamp, then that also helps Sojourner get out earlier and we have a couple of those. That's a good point. Yeah,
1: I think you're right. I think I was just cutting it to see based on what we need, but yeah, after looking at more, we definitely have room for like a couple of basics. So let's go to the land and see what we want to do here. I have the swamps back. How about we take the approach of how many green sources, how many blue sources do we want to have in this deck? Maybe that's a better way. Then we hit those numbers and see how many slots we have left.
0: We have seven blue sources, which is fine for seven cards that want blue. I think I want eight in there because we have
1: two pixie illusionists. And if illusionists get stuck in our hand, it feels pretty bad. Whereas if that's the only card we have to play in our opening hand based on our land, it can enable every other card. So it makes me kind of want eight islands, even though it might seem a little excessive i think that's a more valuable use than like a basic slot for like a off color because a pixie illusionist if you can get this on a battlefield it's basically a
0: mana fixer yeah
1: and then we have nine green sources already which is one of those decks if you don't find green
0: we don't have any two drops to play right i think green's important so I was going to say to go up to 10 for green. Okay. And then we have one flex slot, which
1: is going to be one of our non-main color lands basics, I think. Now you can make the argument that we could put in like a plains just so we actually have like a land source for the off color. We don't have to rely on the pixie illusionists.
0: I was going to make that suggestion. Well,
1: good. That's why
0: we're so smart. And also with Geyser, it, there's three cards that can use that to kick. Right. Okay. So our mana base to recap the basics, one plains,
1: five islands, five forests. And then we have a dual red, black, a dual green, black black a red green and then three green blue duels so it gives us nine sources of green eight sources of blue two sources of red two sources of black one white source and that's not counting the two pixie illusionists or anything we get from like finding it with vine wall or if worse comes to worse, we have to cycle her migration
0: to final land sounds good that's pretty sweet it is i'm eager to see how this plays out that brings us to our cool play of the week. The Gator Master himself, Floridamon, got to Urtai resurrected an opponent's activation of Karn's Silex.
1: Oops. Yeah, yeah. If you read the text of Urtai, it says activated ability, or triggered ability, and not just spell. You can counter, so... <laughs> My opponent thought they were being clever by not playing anything out on the battlefield, and they probably thought it was weird. I was still adding stuff to the battlefield, even though they had Silex
0: out. What is this person up to? And then you're like, winning. So do you have a
1: bad beat of the week for us? I didn't capture any, to be honest. I feel like the bad beats were very, I lost the top deck war, or my opponent curved out. Amazingly, it wasn't anything too crazy. Do you have anything that happened to you, my friend?
0: I did a lot of winning.
1: Well, there you go. So I think some of my bad beats were just like, some draft pods I've been in have been real... Real wonky. Like either like a combination of lower power than average plus like signals all over the place.
0: And so I've had to play with some decks. I don't think the set is very friendly to newer players. And it really screws up pods. Right.
1: Like if you have a couple or a few people in the pod that just like trying to draft without knowing much about the set, it's going to kind of quickly show up in your picks. You're like, oh, something's not right here. And I also think because the set is so synergy and building decks that have a game plan is so important in this format, it feels like you could easily have a pod where you just like didn't get a critical mass of any one type of synergistic piece to build a very strong deck out of. And then other pods have like, oh, here's all the pieces for all eight of you to be in exactly your lane and have a great deck. And it feels like sometimes you just run up against a deck where you're like even if i knew every card that was coming my way in my draft i couldn't have built a deck as powerful as my opponents but that's just the name of out
0: of pod play it just happens yeah All right. come check out our totally free discord where you get deck text pick advice check out trophy decks discuss limited or just chill you can find the draft lab on twitch at j2s josh floridamon icky eagle tv to jordan and DeFor. don't forget to check out mtgazone.com for awesome strategy articles by the draft lab you can also check out the MTGA Zone YouTube channel with videos featuring yours truly. Well, that's 58 episodes in and I would make a comment about how many vacations Chris takes Would I go to Disney World at least twice a week. So-